0: Good morning, good morning to everyone and welcome to Overreaders Anonymous, A Vision For You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kaye and I'm a Recovered Compulsible Reader. Today is Thursday, June 1st, 2017 and uh, today uh, we're reading from the Big Book. Uh, we are currently on page 49, uh, starting with the first paragraph, we're going to read through two paragraphs. It starts with, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, through two paragraphs ah uh, okay now the uh i'm going to have to get back i believe on the reference number so now if you text me that and i'll i'll chime back in i forgot to ask about that i don't think um leah had sent those to me but i will get back to you guys on that for the reference number for yesterday right, let me start with the oa preamble overeaters anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively To carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of way to those who still suffer. Okay, let me get back and give you the reference number for yesterday, which was, uh, of course, Wednesday, uh, May 31st. And for the 7 a.m. meeting, that reference number was 9994. That's 9994 for the 7, 7 a.m. And the 10 a.m., it, the uh, number is 9996. My apologies, I didn't get that in, in the right order. Okay, so let's see, here we go. The uh, OA's sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through, through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And let me now ask uh, Stacey T. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. This is Stacey T. from Cleveland, Recovering Compulsive Overeater, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service, I pass.
0: Thanks, Stacy. Okay, let's uh, move on now to our 12 traditions. Esther, you got those for us?
2: I sure do. Thank you, Larry, for your service. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Esther. Appreciate that. Okay, here's how this meeting works. Uh Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsible readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. But there's no uh, abstinence requirement for sharing as long as we're on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Of course, we're sharing what the direction in the big book mean to us. So to share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we're going to resume our study of the big book, and uh, we're in uh, the chapter, We Agnostics. We're currently, uh, Leslie's going to read to us from page, the first paragraph on page 49, uh, which starts, uh, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, and she's going to read through two paragraphs, uh, and then we're going to have comments on both. So, Leslie, can you get us started?
3: Absolutely. Thanks, Larry, for your service. Sure. Um my name is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Um, once again, I'm Leslie M. from New York. Yeah, the God of my childhood um, was a harsh and punishing God. And so I knew that, and I believe that that's what caused me to be an agnostic and not believe that um, there was a God personal to me, that there was a God that would help me. Um, and through this program and through listening to this, this meeting, A Vision for You, um, I have seen that people of faith have a logical idea of what life is about and that they also demonstrate a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have thought ourselves. And instead, I was poo-pooing the idea that um, there was a God Um, that would help me that was kind and loving um, until I came here and have been reading the directions out of the big book Um, because because of having a faith you know and even the reading from yesterday having a faith in something that I can't explain that I don't understand but still depending on it like electricity just knowing that um, it's going to be there for me and that's exactly where I've gone with my higher power Um, is is it's it's such an unwavering thing you know i feel like god is with me all the time now and that i can ask a question and 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 receive an answer and know um that it's the right one instead of my thinking which was um uh it says here um actually we used to have no reasonable conception whatever about life when people of faith seem to have some and, and I have found that through uh, practicing the 12 steps and working on, you know, going through this journey with my sponsor and the people that I sponsor. And, um, and that's all I have. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, Leslie, thank you for, for getting us started there. Okay, so we're going to transition into share. Who would like to share on what was read?
4: Matt M. Charles H.
5: Carol Julie J. R. Matt M.
0: Okay, Matt, Charles, Julie, who else did I hear? Carol, J. Carol?
6: Yes.
0: We've got a few others, perhaps. Okay, so here's who I have so far. I heard Matt and Charles and Julie and Carol. Anybody that I missed?
7: Katie G. from Boston. Katie. All
0: right. Let's go with that first list of five, and we'll we'll go from there. So we got Matt, Charles, Julie, Carol, and Katie. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Good
5: morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Always good to hear you. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt. I'm here from New Jersey. We have traveled a dubious path, lay aside prejudice, uh, even against organized religion. You know, listen, I was raised as a Catholic, and I just did not like what I was raised with. So it was forced down my throat. My family was very hypocritical. They, they wanted me to go and do all the religious rites and everything, but I, they didn't really go at all. And it was totally unfair, so I already felt, I felt prejudiced that I was being forced to go to organized religion and go to church when they weren't going. So that, that was already one strike against God for me. The second strike is when I realized that I was gay. That's the second strike because I, I didn't want to be, and I, my, my organized religion wasn't very accepting of it, so that was strike two. I thought if there was a God, why did He want? Why did He make me this way? Why did He do all these things to me? Blah blah blah. You know the whole thing. Woe is me. You know why did why did God do all these things? And I realized now now that I realize, what well, it is. What it is. Uh, so I was born the way I was born, and um, religion has nothing to do with spirituality or with higher power. I have a lot of great good things in my life. I have friends. I have a place to stay. I have accident food to eat. I have a place to go during the day. I have a wonderful library that I use, and I use as a resource, which I love to go to, to get out of the house. And you know what? I do have blessings in my life and I realized that they weren't given to me. They weren't just given to me. They were given to me by a higher power who's giving me peace of mind every day. And I'm grateful that this program is here because it saved my life. You know, I was up to almost seven six hundred and fifty pounds and uh that's not life at all, that's just existing. I was existing to living and to only to eat every day, that's all. Nothing else mattered, so I'm grateful I don't have to be that way. I can very easily go back there if I choose to put the put pick up the food again. But right now I'm down and I'm grateful for that. I'm just looking forward to the next the next day and the next part of my phase of my life, and with that I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Hey Matt, thanks so much. We got Charles followed by Julie. Hey Chuck, what's up?
4: Hey Larry K, man, thank you for your your beautiful service, my brother. Uh, Charles actually recovered compulsive over either. Um, I, You know, I'm not going to hit it from, you know, ever since 78, you know, actually 83 years probably ago when Ebby told uh, Bill with a smile, smilingly I got religion, y'all been going crazy. We've been going crazy to fighting it. And uh, I want to hit that line where it says, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, instead of doing higher powers work, he's trying to do his job. I, I could say that for myself, but I want to hit this line. Maybe that's the block that I didn't want to partner with something greater than me because I should have been able to figure this out. Maybe that's the thinking. Maybe that's the thinking that needs to be altered, right? Because I'm going to take you to page two in the doc's opinion when it says, it did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking because we were maladjusted to life in full flight from reality. That's probably why I need something greater than myself. I should have figured it out. Was it, it can, can, can I figure it out on my own intelligence? No. Can I do this by myself? No. Can I recover by myself? No. Can I keep this without giving it away? No. Can I tap into a, do I have that power by myself? No. So this, this chapter is so beautiful. And it's it's so lovingly. It, it says, um, please lay aside prejudice, preconceived notions. And, I, and, and I'm thinking about Herbert Spencer, contempt prior to investigation. Be like Mikey. Try it. It'll save your life. You ain't got to like it. You ain't got to like it. It will save your life. Charles, you cannot do it on your own. You tried it. You made a mess of it. And higher power will rip it, dip it, and strip it, and I'll be a new creature one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry.
0: Thanks, Charles. Okay, we got Julie, followed by Carol. Julie, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. This is Julie, our recovered
8: compulsive overeater. You know, I have highlighted in my book, um, even against organized rel- uh, religions, right, that delay aside my prejudices, and then the the second part of that, where it says we used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs. You know, as a child, I was raised um, a Catholic with some Native American. My mom had been raised on a reservation, you know, and, and not a very good experience from her religion that she was given. And so as soon as I turned um, 18, moved out of the house, I never went to church again and when somebody would talk about a certain religion, didn't matter it, whatever religion it was, I was on the attack. It's like, let me tell you what that religion does. Let me tell you why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I would just get turmoil. And it's like, I wanted to fight. And, and it's so funny, even in the rooms, it was like, you know, don't go and tell me about religion. And I would say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. But I would say it coming from a place of ego and malice. Today, when I say that, it's love and compassion. I sponsor people from Jewish faith, faith, Catholic faith, faith, I can talk today, faith, all these different sects. And it doesn't, I don't, I don't judge them. I don't do anything because you know what, whatever your belief in is awesome. Because when you have a belief in something, in a God, a creator, a higher power, that I'm not into Julie, I'm not into ego, I don't have to win anything, I don't have to push anything down anybody's throat, so it's like I get to experience the joy of Julie's God, and I can also respect your God, and it is so cool to be able to sit back and not judge anymore, because when you look at people who have a faith, and they're doing the will of God, and they're living the steps, they have a peace and a calmness, who am I to judge, and it's like only through working these steps was I, I'm i able to accept your God and not judge. So I, I am just so grateful to to have a God and to also love people who have a different belief. I don't have to, to argue anymore. And it's so freeing. And it's only because when I really got into we agnostics and understood that I was agnostic, I had a God, but I wasn't showing how powerful that God was. And today it's like, okay, on awakening... God, direct me today. I'm going to have a, um, not a very good day at work. i got some things going on. But it's like, you know what? I'm going to go with my God because I know no matter what happens, if I go with integrity, I'm going to be okay. And so will everything else. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks so
4: much, Julie. Okay, we have Carol followed by Katie. Carol, good morning. Carol, press uh, star one if you would.
6: morning, Larry. This is Carol J. from Tech, Michigan. Good morning. I'm a compulsive overeater and one of those recovering from Catholicism. And um, I had faith in God, but I had no idea what he could do for me um, most of my life. And, you know, I've been in other 12-step programs and had that spiritual awakening and spiritual experiences, but For some reason, since I've joined Overeaters Anonymous, it seems to be working totally different than what it has before, and maybe because I'm more into it or turning my life and will over to my higher power, but it's just been amazing, the awakening that I've had in Overeaters Anonymous, and it's just opened my eyes more than it ever has, um, and I'm really, truly grateful for that, and I just... And practicing talking on this line because I'm new and only been abstinent four months but having some wonderful experiences with uh, other overeaters and anonymous uh, members and I'm just grateful for you Larry and thank you for vision for you I'm uh, able to be happy joyous and free and I'll pass with that thank you
4: thanks so
0: much Carol okay Katie good morning Yo, Larry, it's Katie
7: G. May I be heard? You can. You,
0: just a little background. Buzzer, a little K- yeah, I got
7: you. It's like dramatic. Katie is in the house. Not really. Okay, hi, guys. I'm Katie G, recovered compulsive over here anorexia. Can believe it? Cracking herself up, and imposter. Oh, my God. I love you guys. Okay. So what struck me today was my cynical dissection of other people you know, um, a long time ago, um, some people hurt me, right? Some people hurt me, and because they belong to a certain denomination, I was like, excuse me, the entire denomination is ridiculous and I'm gonna tear it down. You know, and the irony when I went through the steps for the first time in entire abstinence, what I saw is, I am those people, right? Like, I am criticizing you, so you're doing bad things in my head, right? And I'm criticizing you for doing the things that that you're doing, but I'm criticizing you. I am cynically dissecting you. So guess what, guys? I'm not any better than you. Like, I'm tearing you down. I am coming from a place, or I was, I was coming from this place that I'm not good enough. And because I'm not good enough, I'm going to cynically dissect you. I'm going to tear you down. And, you know, like what what is so amazing today as a recovered woman Not only is so much of us talk about, like, I don't want to eat today. I don't want to hurt other people. But, like, I have ceased fighting anything or anyone. I am not criticizing religion. I am not criticizing any 12-step recovery. I am not criticizing Overeaters Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. I am not going around. I used to, I remember in college, I would say, I hate people. And then I'd look at my friends and I'd be like, don't worry, you're not a person. That's a chip on my shoulder right and today today i get the privilege of learning from all of you muslims and buddhists and you know orthodox judaism and and typical whatever like all the all the religions that are out there or the or the spiritualities and i am in another part of this chapter i'm quick to see where religious people are right or it might be another chapter you guys can correct me make use of what they offer right, I make use of what they offer, right, so I've got entire abstinence, right, and I'm uh, I'm reaching out, and I'm living the steps today, and I get spiritual considerations from all of you that are changing my life, right, because it's not just that I have a little bit of a food and weight problem, right, like lack of power, that is my dilemma, and I want to dominate you, I want to cynically dissect you, I want to prove my power, right? I am a vain. I'm an egotistical woman at my core. Why? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid I have addict thinking. But because of the work that I do, and if everything I'm saying is like super confusing to you, I'm sorry. Because of the work I do today, I get to not hurt other people. I I get to walk among all of you. And I'll just close with this, like, what a privilege that I can just be quick to see where everyone is right and make use of what you offer because all of you are my teachers and I have cease fighting everything and with that I pass I'm going to do it one more day love you guys
0: thanks Katie okay we're going to take some more names here um we're we're at the top of page 49 through two paragraphs who else would like to share on what was read Lisa B and Jennifer E
9: Amanda
4: Okay, let you, yeah, let
0: me tell you who I have, okay, before we go on there. All right, so I have in no particular order here, I have Lisa, Janice, Barbara, I think I heard Amanda, and was that Russ or Ross? I believe it's Russ. 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 Gotcha, Russ. Hey, there's, there's so few guys, you know, I, I gotcha, I hear you. Okay, who, <laughs>
4: who, else did, who else did I leave out? All right. Well, we can we can go with this list here, and
0: then we can move on from there. Um, so we have Lisa, Janice, Barbara, Amanda, and Russ. Hey, Lisa, it's your turn.
9: Good morning. This is Lisa B, morning. a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, Larry, for your service and uh, the reader and the speaker that was just before me. I share so many. Uh, that was a lot of what I was going to share when I moved here to South Carolina from South Florida. The big question here uh, is, you know, what church do you go to, which used to drive me crazy. I thought, God, that is such an invasive personal question and such a chip on my shoulder. What are they after? What are they wanting? And I used to say, I go to the church of humankind, (laughs) you know, and that would go, oh, they were baffled. And that was right around the time of Hurricane Katrina and um, everything that was going on in uh, Louisiana. And do you know these beautiful people here and many of these churches would load up in buses with – food and supplies and blankets and everything to bring to those people in New Orleans and they would reach people um, that many uh, times the government, our government hadn't been able to reach yet and they would stay there for weeks and help these people and I began to see, oh my gosh, you know, and that's what this paragraph is saying to me, we used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting these beliefs and practices, which we might have observed that these people, you know, had a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness. They weren't out to get me. They weren't trying to contain me and capture me and put me in a little mold in a box. That is so much of my own fear. And now that I'm recovered, I see What a fear-based person I have been my whole life. And even if they wanted to share with me some of their beliefs, so what? I don't have to buy it if I don't want to. And the thing for me is because I was such a, you know, really a weak person in my own understanding of who and what I am, I was so afraid of everything, of being um, sold a bill of goods and that I wouldn't be able to protect and defend myself. And today, as a recovered person and having the clear guidance of the God of my understanding, it's been deep within me all along. It was me who pulled away. I have that guidance. I have that protection. I have the direction. I can take care of myself and speak up for myself. And if someone asks me a question, you know, what church do you go to? I don't have to think. What are they wanting from me? You know, I could just try and be kind and helpful to them. What a concept, you know. So I just felt the need to share that. I continue to learn how long I have been and how misguided I have been in really everything. And um, I'm open-minded today. I'm willing still to learn as a, as a drowning person um, because I am a drowning person with this disease. I am recovered today, but it's for today only, and it's only contingent on my spiritual condition. And I know nothing. I really know nothing. So with that, I pass.
0: Thanks, Lisa. Okay, we have Janice followed by Barbara. Hey, Janice, good morning.
10: And good morning to you, Larry. (laughs) And good morning to everyone. My name is Janice, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. You know, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, now I'm going to, you know, comment about that. You know, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) what works for me is intelligence was is not a reliable tool for recovery. It's just not. <laughs> you could have the highest IQ. You could have the, all these degrees with letters after your name, and you could still, you know, not get a power greater than yourself because we need a power greater than ourselves. So if I'm so intelligent and high IQ or whatever, that's not going to restore me to sanity. It hasn't. I'm not saying I had a high IQ, but, I mean, I know people, I mean, in my family, they have mental challenges, and they got recovered. So it's got nothing to do with intelligence. But, of course, you know, the world, we think that uh, that's the, uh, I thought that, like, you know, beautiful shares this morning, and uh, my friend, my brother Chuck, Charles, you know, um, I thought I could do it. I was the last, you know, the alpha and the omega, but rather vain of me, right? Rather conceited. Imagine thinking that I could, you know, do the high tides and the low tides and give myself recovery. Can't do it. Just cannot do it. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, we used to amuse ourselves. <laughs> that means for me that I was so self-righteous you know, and uh, criticizing other people. So my thinking made me believe, my thinking made me believe that I could control my compulsive overeating. It's not until I opened up my mind, okay, to this program and stopped fighting, stopped analyzing, because the analysis is paralysis, you know, with my mind, which didn't come to do anything. Um, so that's that's what it took for me—an open mind—and then I could see through this these steps that the void was filled. You know, first, in spite of my intelligence, in spite of my compulsive overeating, you know, they they were they were my higher powers. But you know, when I came to this program and they told me to, you know. This is how I get recovered and I won't have the obsession. The void was filled because I used to fill it with everything in the world and it didn't work. And with that, I passed. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Janice. Okay, we have Barbara followed by Amanda. Barbara, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E., a compulsive overeater
11: in New Jersey. Did you all hear the sleep last night? We had a lot of it. and For me, I had no knowledge of religion or God as a child. I went to services twice a year, and perhaps that was the only time in my life I got to meditate because I certainly wasn't listening
4: to anything
11: that anyone was saying in the synagogue. I did have belief. I believed in Santa Claus. I believed in the tooth fairy. I believed in the Easter bunny. I believed from an early age that I was crazy when it came to food. I would climb up on the counter in the kitchen and take the cookies out of the cabinet. I would sit in front of a little TV that we had and watch Howdy Doody and make trips back and forth to the bowl that was filled with pretzels that in today's world I don't even like because I couldn't stop eating. So from an early age, my mother was taking me to fat doctors, getting shots and pills. I went to fat camp. I went to what they call charm school. I went through virtually every uh, diet program you can mention. But I had no knowledge of religion. I wasn't an atheist. I was simply an agnostic. No knowledge. And when I came into OA in 1997, I realize now that was a higher power directing me there because I was desperate, I was doomed, I was hopeless. So I stuck with the program, I stuck with the tools, but that didn't prevent me from being unhappy, angry, resentful, it kept me abstinent, that's great, I'm really thrilled 20 years, but I did not want to fall into the trap of understanding just enough of the OA program to keep me miserable, but not enough to make me happy. So I really had to look inward and upward and find a higher power and believe, believe, believe that there was something out there that could help me to make a beginning on a lifetime job a willingness to do what my higher power, a power that's not me and not my refrigerator, had didn't had not allowed me to do so well before because I was run totally on self-will. I had to surrender. I had to surrender day on a daily basis. I had to look inward and upward, not outward and downward. I need to focus on the principles Because if I focus on the principles, I hope I will end up being on a daily basis free of all the angers, the resentments, the passive aggressiveness that dominated my life before. I am a compulsive person, a compulsive overeater, and I will so until the day I die and probably my hand might reach out from the grave to grab something. But God willing, and the creek don't rise, it won't.
0: Thank you so much for being there. Everyone I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, we have Amanda followed by Russ. Amanda, good morning to you.
12: Good morning. This is Amanda R. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maine. So there's that uh sentence We beg you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion and it uh made me think of you know that that section in our preamble where it says we're not um we're not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. So that's you know, religious doctrine it's it's an outside issue for us. We're we're really neither pro or con on any particular one. We say, look, it, it works great for a lot of people, and yet it's definitely not a requirement of our program. We are, we're a spiritual program.
13: Um,
12: I'm thinking of uh, when I, when Vision for You was last going through this chapter, and I was part of the meeting then. I, it was I was getting my feet under me in, in recovery. I was working through the earlier steps, and I was still a little shaky. And um, I remember just listening, I think people don't even realize they're doing it, which is why I I give a friendly heads up that sometimes particular faiths get put down, and my faith in particular, which is dear and and precious above all things to me, uh, tends to get um, talked down about and, and spoken of quite negatively. and. As I was listening to that that happened the last time we went through this chapter, I just got really discouraged and I was like, "Oh man, i I really thought o a was the thing for me. I really thought this was gonna work, but this is just breaking my heart you know to hear to hear what is so so important to me being spoken down about, so I encourage you know because our purpose as a meeting is to to reach the still suffering compulsive overeater, I think we can do that best or, or part of Part of doing that is to be careful about being neutral about religion um, should, certainly we don't endorse any but but neither do we put down any particular religion because I think we can lose people that way people who are who are really struggling and and eagerly reaching out for this solution that works and that saves us from really a pretty awful life and a pretty awful death this is a solution it's a beautiful solution it's out there but let's let's keep neutrality and we'll be able to help people better that way and uh, i pass
0: thanks so much amanda okay russ you're up good morning good
14: morning everyone russ possible overeater outside of philly so yes that that line there that prejudice line um you know, if it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't be on this line. I wouldn't be be working at my recovery. You know, it's been something. Look, I'm Catholic. Grew up Catholic. The whole line, The whole nine yards. But I And I have felt close to God in distant times, like any human being. But if that seed wasn't planted, that there was someone that loved me, you know, there's a being that loved me, I wouldn't strive to try to say, look, you know, recognize I have a problem. Go through all this. Might have took thirty-seven years, but I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. And and frankly, with almost uh, five months in the program, uh, my uh, faith has been. It's like like OA has been the puzzle piece for me that's unblocked me from God. And, yes, it's a struggle I'm still battling. I still argue with them. I say, yo, I got some resentments towards you, man. You know, I, me saying that to the high, you know, the being that created everything. But um, if it wasn't for that and I didn't have my faith, you know, I guess that's what that's saying. And, you know, there's, there's good in there. You know, there's good in all of it. And, you know, it, it points us in a direction towards our higher power. And for me, that was, you know, it's still important to me. But, you know, my, my, more than my mind and my head and, you know, have an open, have, I'm having an open heart and my soul is opening up. And the more I'm opening up there, working through the steps, uh, the more my trust in God and my higher power is just, it's, it's coming through me. And I've, I'm really gaining on it, you know, and I'm appreciative and grateful. So, you know, just another, I, I think you could go through the whole book and say, oh, that's my chapter. This is definitely my chapter, and uh, I appreciate everybody on this line because uh, you know it's it's bringing me closer to God. So that's that's the most important thing in my whole life. So I thank you and uh, and I pay it.
0: Thanks, Russ. Hey, Larry, can I take a turn? Sure, Larry, go ahead. Why don't you take a couple minutes? Okay, thanks, Larry. All right, this is Larry uh, (laughs) Kay, Recovered over Reader from Chicago. I just wanted to to jump in just briefly here. You know, it says here, um, we used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought for ourselves. I didn't seek it for myself much. I was aware of it. You know, um, in my particular field, um, <clears throat> you know, times have changed. And when I first started out, I, I probably could go to the library once a semester and and leisurely review the journals to stay on top of the literature on spirituality. Um, not anymore. It, it's hard to keep up with the explosion of research in the field of spirituality. You know, research in this area is producing knowledge that is touching Probably every subdiscipline of psychology and other fields as well, and um, you know, for example, um, if we take the, the the idea of learning, what we know today is from from their earliest years, children demonstrate a a strong spiritual capacity. We we also learn that that marital partners, I mean, this is factual, marital partners who pray for each other are less likely to engage in infidelity um you know people who attend some sort of spiritual service of some kind once a week or more live on average 7 years longer and for african americans the benefit is 14 years so it's you know this this spiritual idea there there's some factual things that we find in the data <clears throat> very positive things now that's not to suggest that some people are very troubled by their religious upbringing that um You know, but but again, you know, um, look, the the way I look at it is that for me, this spiritual life works. It works. It's not perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't expect it to be perfect. I don't expect to be perfect as a a man, but it works. Uh, It works much better. My life works much better than it did uh, prior to embarking on this practical program of action where spirituality is the core of it all you know because after all food you know we hear food was never my problem food was the solution to my problem food was my master it was what i used to make myself feel better to not feel anything at all see today for some reason not only do i believe that spirituality is the answer that that being in alignment with my higher power is the answer that's proven to be true you know it's 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 an experiential thing this whole program is experiential this whole spiritual transformation is not words and concepts to me perhaps it started out that way but it's proven to be experiential i've gone through it i've walked this path i continue to walk this path and my life gets better that's the secret if there is a secret the spiritual transformation gets better, progressively better, whereas the disease gets progressively worse. That's been my reality. So with that, I'll pass, and let me open it up. Who else would like to uh, share on what was read? Lassa O? C? Candice B? Okay, let's go with those four because I'm not sure, and then we'll see if we have more time. We have Vasa, Melissa, Penny, and Candace. Vasa, good morning. Hey, Vasa, press star one if you would.
15: Sorry, I was talking. Yeah. Thank That's you, Larry, okay. for your service. And I'm grateful we covered compulsive overweight of calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. I'm just going to, first of all, I'm going to read the set aside prayer. Lord, help me to set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about others, and everything I think I know about my own recovery. Offer a new experience in in you, Lord, a new experience in myself, a new experience in my fellows, and a much-needed new experience in my own recovery. Amen. I love the set-aside prayer. I grew up in a very prejudiced home, and um, um, again, in the early years of my life, and we were thought only our religion was right. We're not supposed to step in another people's churches, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, or whatever, you know. So uh, I grew up with a lot, a lot of negativism, you know, about God, fearful, punishing God, I remember going to church as a child, very young child. The services would start like 8 o'clock. They would not finish till like 11 o'clock. They lasted forever. There was no seat to sit. There was candles burning all over. There was incense, you know, going. All, and the church was small, wasn't very big. And I remember feeling I just wanted to vomit. It was a horrible experience. And hungry, we went to church hungry because we're going to receive communion. So I did not have a good experience. And again, um, I'm grateful I came to the 12 Steps right here. It's a spiritual program. It's not a religious. And whatever I have learned here in the 12 Steps, I would have never learned that in my own church. Although I have gone back to church And it's not my church that I grew up. I go to another church, and it lasts only like 45 minutes, you know, an hour to the longest. And I I love going to church, but this is my number one church. I don't, I mean, I'm open-minded today. I, you know, I go there, and I have, I'm open-minded. But this is my church. You know, this is where I, if I had to choose from both of them, this is where I would choose to go. And I'm, I'm just so grateful what I have learned, you know, about, you know, a higher power, about the food addiction, about the allergy. I, you know, I have a new life. It's a new new life for me. And it's a good, good life, you know. And I do have a higher power, which I call God. And this God gets me through with everything I go through. And I have people that I can share with my experience and i i can pray i can write about it and uh it's i there's nothing better than this thank you for letting shanna pass
0: thanks vasa hey melissa good morning
16: hi good morning larry good morning everyone it's melissa c recovered compulsive overeater in new york and um you know, when I think about, like, myself being the Alpha and Omega, you know, the end and the beginning, the, the last word, um, you know, it's like, who, who do you think you are, God? And, um, yeah, my answer was yes, I, I thought I was God, um, you know, or I thought I was the um, the maker of my own destiny. And, um, you know, there's there's two huge problems with that way of thinking. One is um, it's not true. And so everything, um, you know, if that's my beginning assumption, then everything I kind of build around it um, is deeply flawed. And of course it doesn't work, you know. And the other problem with that is it leaves you, it left me entirely disconnected. You know, if I'm everything, if I'm the the maker of my own destiny, um, well then who do I go to when things aren't going well? You know, I just kept going back to me and um so I kept relying on myself and I was the thing that was really broken and so I kept going to the very thing that was my problem over and over and over again and um you know and so when I'm the, the maker of my own destiny, um I'm really alone. I'm isolated. I'm in pain. Um of course, I went to the food. What else could I do? You know, food was um, the great soother because being God and and managing your destiny—it's too much responsibility. It was too much for me to bear. And um, you know, I my, my experience growing up, um, the youngest of five children, I don't know why my siblings found—they all found religion—and um, and I did not. And so any time they got um, in life what I thought I should have gotten, um, I was pissed, and and I hated their God, you know. And, um, and any time tragedy struck in my life and I saw that they didn't come through for me, um, and they could never come through for me because that was just, too big a list, um, then I hated them more, you know and I, and I hated their God more, and
4: you know for me, it
16: was jealousy, envy, um, when god i 'm prey to all those those bedevilments, and um, you know and so today, when I can safely put my hand in a power greater than myself i 'm comforted and um, and that's good, you know that's everything. Um, And I I seek to be comforted today, Um, and that's where it began for me. Thank you with that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks so much, Melissa. Now batting for the Red Sox, Penny C. Penny C. Good morning, Penny.
13: Yeah, Ted Williams up to bat. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you, Larry. This is Penny C., recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. There's one sentence here that just spoke to me this morning, and reminded me of a story that I'm going to tell but I'm not proud of. Uh, I had already been in OA maybe a few years when I was working one evening late and in the hospital, and the supervisor called me to say, could you come up and be with me? I just got word that one of our nurses' son was just killed a short while ago in a motorcycle accident. And they want me to tell her and have her go to the hospital. And so I was there when the woman came in and um, the supervisor, you know, spoke nicely and told her what had happened. And the, the woman just looked and cried a little bit. And the supervisor said, so I'm going to ask Penny to accompany you to the hospital. You cannot go alone and the the wonderful woman who had just heard she lost her son said I'm never alone I will take Jesus my God with me and you know that the sentence says we used to amuse ourselves I was amused I can remember calling my sister and and we we literally mocked that woman for saying oh I'm never alone and what I what this Sentence telling me that I did that when I might have observed that she was spiritually minded, and that she was demonstrating for me a degree of stability, happiness, and use- usefulness which I should have sought myself. I take that that lesson. It is. It, it certainly was a wonderful lesson for me to let me know that you know, that was not, not, not healthy for me. And today, I so admire anyone who can say and believe that we're not alone, that we have a higher power with us. And, and that woman was such, God put her in my life for a reason. I don't know that I haven't, I don't know if I ever saw her again. It was a big hospital. But thank God that I've stayed in a way I've studied this book and today I am not amused or, or do I cynically you know criticize any other religion or faith and with that I'll pass thank you thanks penny hey Candice you want to wrap us up this morning
17: thank you yes this is Candace, um recovered in um, the UK um, yeah, I mean the the, the thing that, that jumps out strongly, but actually jumps out through most of the twelve steps, um, the big book is is humility, and um, and the fact that as addicts, that our, the the biggest killer for us is is our ego, and um, you know when we say lay aside the prejudice, it's um, it it really talks to me because, um, I mean that was the thing that drove me for so long was my ego. I was right and. Um, and it took took a long time for me to realise that actually, just give it a go. Um, you know, we can be sort of think that we're scientists, we think we're superior, and that we don't need something like that, and you know, that, and look down on others who are using that. And then we suddenly realise, well, actually, give it a go, and we find for ourselves that it works. Um, and so, you know, if if anybody's listening in and, and and they're thinking to themselves, well, you know, I I can do this without I would I would just say, um, try it because it makes such a massive difference. It certainly did to me and it makes a difference in my everyday life. Um, not just in terms of putting down the food um, but it, um, in in my dealing with my children um, other people and their moods so it 's like you know when, when you're when you 're operating on a different level and you 're asking and you 're handing over the keys to your higher power um, and you know and and asking that higher power to drive your thoughts and and just just kind of every part of you um, it makes such a big difference because you're in you're not in this state of reaction anymore um and i find that you know when i'm uh, and others have their 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 moods which they're entitled to i uh, now i'm not saying i'm perfect here at all but um ver, uh, more often than not i'm able to sta- step back because i'm um i'm asking a power greater than myself to help drive me um because on my own i make a I make a right old mess and um Cr- crashing into trees all over the place. So so I'd rather sit in the passenger seat, let my higher power take control because um, I'm then able to step back and not react. And that is a huge thing for me because I was always so uh, hurt by anything anybody would say or a look. Uh, or even if they didn't sustain the smile long enough, it was immediately, what have I done? What have I done? All about me. Whereas this way, even if people a kind of direct things at me um it kind of gives you this sort of bulletproof vest um, and um just just makes you really strong to uh to not not respond to the emotions of others and and when you're in a state like that, it's so freeing and so wonderful. So not only does it um, give us the defence against the first bite, um, it also gives us that defence against um, being manipulated emotionally, um, or you know, allowing ourselves to be manipulated emotionally. So um, I I can I can only vouch for the the fact that this works. Um, And, you know, if you're a scientist, give it a try because you'll probably find it does. And I guess the other last thing to say is is just that, you know, does it actually matter if it's real or if it's inside us or if it's a psychological thing? It works. And that's the main thing. Um, And so, you know, I mean, I choose to believe because I know the difference it makes in me. But you don't actually have to believe um, you can just simply put these things into practice and um, talk to as if you're talking to a power greater than yourself In however you might choose to do it. And the transformation certainly for me from being an absolute car crash and, um, you know, totally unable to put down the food um, and, um, you know, ready, ready to either top myself or be committed somewhere. Um, to a, an incredibly free life now and incredibly full and very very happy beyond my wildest dreams and that's thanks to this program putting down the food and um, you know uh, having uh, giving the car keys over to uh, my my higher power so um, I'll pass on that and thank you for your service today
0: thanks Candace. okay thank you to everyone who has shared let me give you the share ID for today, Wednesday, May 31st. Uh, and that is, excuse me, let's see here. Today is June 1st, Thursday, Larry. Okay. The share ID, share ID for today, Thursday, is 9997. That's 9997. And uh, again, thank you for everyone. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book Katie G is going to read to us Katie page 164
7: hello hello Larry may I be heard you can wonderful our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick